in the night Your heart fills with dread Probably a murderer who wants you dead It could be a ghost, a demon or worse Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse It's hopeless, you're doomed You'd call a priest if you could You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood I'm gonna kill you Well hello and welcome to Freaky Friday Another hello. edition Another what? Another edition. edition I thought you Another... said mission and I thought to myself you're goddamn right. <laughs> a mission to bring all of us together that have those creepy stories that we want to share with others and that bonds us over all the weird shit that's happened to us. So when something eerie happens, you just have this emotional need to want to share it. And I think when you hear somebody else sharing it, you're like, oh, my gosh, I know a similar thing happened. Mm-hmm. So we appreciate everyone who sent in the stories. And I especially appreciate you again, our story sommelier. Well, I appreciate you, and I appreciate that you just shared something very special <laughs> with me and what will be uh, our Patreon members. She's holding it up right now. Folks, the Margaritaville Crocs have arrived. Heather did an unboxing video. Mm-hmm. We're going to post it on Patreon. They are something to behold. If you were not at the Chicago show, we... We saw these in Boston. I thought about getting them. We hesitated. We discussed it. I didn't end up getting them. And they're extremely limited edition. You can only get them on eBay. And everyone at the Chicago show cheered me on as I bought them on stage. And they have (laughs) now come. And I'm going to pick out some cute dresses so I can wear these on stage uh, in Tampa and Orlando. So uh, it's if you want to see the unboxing video, yeah, go to Patreon. By the time you hear this, it will be the... Florida shows will be done. Yeah. I will have already worn these on stage. So yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say these are the key lucky terms. We're going to have an amazing end of the tour with for these sure. great Crocs. We so thank we you We can't for your not with those on your feet. Oh, they feel so good. Yeah. Also, it comes with a shot glass and a bottle opener. And we've already discussed they will be used on stage. Absolutely. So come for that. Well, you can't come for it because it's already happened. So I will say (laughs) we have used the shot glass and bottle opener on stage and it went great. (laughs) Because we're in the future now. (laughs) Well, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And let's get freaky. This first one is from Carly. It is called House Sitting Gone Wrong, and there are a few mentions of domestic violence, so just content warning if you need that. Hi, ladies. Thanks for the laughs and the creepy crawlies over the years. So excited to see you in Chicago. I'll be going with my brother's fiance and older brother's girlfriend. Hi, Naomi and Kayla, and I am very much looking forward to the girl time. Well... You've already seen this show by now, Carly, and I hope you enjoyed it. And we appreciate you cheering Heather on to purchase her Crocs. It's all come full circle now. Carly says, this story actually happened to my mom, but has become family lore. Here's the story as it's been told to me. When my mom was a teenager in southwest Michigan in the 70s, she was friends with the granddaughter of a big restaurant owner in town. He would live in Michigan for the spring and fall and then would spend winter in Florida. So he tasked his granddaughter and my mom with house-sitting for him. They would go over every day to get the mail, water plants, etc. One day while they were doing something in the yard, a police officer and a man approached them with a missing persons flyer. The man lived across the street, and his wife had gone missing a few days earlier. 
She had a condition that required her to take medication daily, and she had been without it, so it was very important they find her. My mom and her friends said they hadn't seen her, but they'd keep an eye out. Cut to spring when the grandfather is back. There seems to be a smell and insects all over the basement. He calls in a repairman to look at the furnace, but they can't find anything wrong. They think there must be a blockage in the chimney. So the man reaches into the chimney to see if it's a raccoon or something and comes away with a handful of human hair. Turns out the missing woman had been killed by her husband in a fight. My mom's friend's grandfather was having work done on the roof, so there was scaffolding all along the side of the house. The man had climbed up the scaffolding with her body and put it in the chimney. The woman was very thin, but even so, police were shocked she could fit into the narrow chimney. Because of the Michigan winter, her body did not begin to fully decompose until the spring. So my mother and her friend had been in a building where there was a hidden body for months without knowing it. Her brother was actually the deputy sheriff at the time and was the one who got the guy to confess. Turns out they never really believed she was missing and had always suspected him. They tried putting the pressure on him by having him walk around the neighborhood with the missing signs to see if he'd cave. Eventually, during an interrogation after the body was found, he talked. To this day, every time we're in town, if we pass the house, my mom points it out. Here's an article if you want to read about it. There's definitely some differences in how I've heard it and remembered the story and what the newspaper from the time said, which goes to show how much these things can change over many retellings. But regardless, it's still a sad loss of a young woman to domestic violence, and several other people were traumatized in the process. Thanks again for the show. Keep it creepy, Carly. Well, she did send the article to us from the Herald Palladium, and it said that the victim was only 22 years Mm -hmm. old. So young. Very young. It's to think that um, the person that came over with the flyer was her husband that had killed her, Mm -hmm. and he was capable of doing that. But smart tactic for the brother and the rest of the family to suspect him and try and, you know, put the pressure on him by by having him do that. But to know that you interacted with the very man that did that at the house where he knows she's buried, or not even buried, where she was tossed away, hidden, yeah. They said in the article that she was found feet first, Mm -hmm. so he, but yeah, to fit, to carry a body all the way up, scaffolding to the top of a house, and then drop her down the chimney, that is, oof, that's rough. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad it was finally discovered what, the truth was so her family could hopefully get some closure and he could be brought to justice. It's heartless. And to be able to look people in the face and say, can you help me look mm-hmm. for my wife? Knowing full well that you killed her. That's uh he's heinous. Yeah. yeah. And knowing that you as a young kid with your friend were just hanging out in that house while there was a dead body just feet away from you. Yeah. It's yeah. Eerie. And she just definitely deserves proper burial and care mm-hmm. and treatment and not to just be discarded like that. So Well, we hope he got the justice that he deserved. Yes. Thank you, Carly, for sending that in. This next one is from McKaylee, and it is, I think my friends and I broke into a murder house. Hey, y'all, for the sake of length, I'm just going to jump right in. My childhood home was next door to a very spooky house with equally creepy inhabitants. 
The house rested far back into the woods with a long uphill driveway. You could not see the house from the road, but could always see an old gray pickup truck parked on top of the driveway. I never saw the owners of the house, which was odd because we lived in a very friendly neighborhood and knew everyone on our street. Every day at promptly 3.05, that old gray pickup truck would slowly pass our house, then turn down the long driveway. One day I noticed the truck never came by our house. It didn't come by the next day, or even days after that. I don't know if you would call it bravery or stupidity, but after almost a year of not seeing the truck, I was curious about what happened to it and its mysterious driver. I walked up the neighbor's long driveway and saw the truck was parked at the top as it usually was, but there was no other life to be seen around the house. There was green algae that had grown on the hood, windshield, and top of the truck. I figured it meant the house was abandoned, which was a huge find for a moody teen that was trying to get away from her parents and little sister. I was able to move a big green trash can and climb my way onto the house's roof. That became my new spot. Hindsight 2020, I was trespassing and did not make the best decisions as a teen. Fast forward about two years later to 2009. It was my 14th birthday and I had about 10 friends over for a sleepover. We loved all things scary and ghost hunting was our favorite pastime. There's not a lot to do in a small town in Alabama. Obviously, I wanted to show them the spooky house, so we trekked on over. After a while of hanging out on the roof, talking about boys or whatever else we teenagers talked about, my friend Kendall asked, So have you ever tried to go inside? I told her, Yeah, of course, but all the doors and windows are locked. My friend Claire then had the bright idea. Well, we could break a window. After what felt like hours of hurling bricks at various windows of the house, we were just about to give up when Kendall picked up a smaller rock and threw it at a tiny glass window above the back door. It shattered. I reached my hand inside and turned the doorknob. What we saw in this house still terrifies me to this day. In a single file line, all ten of us slowly walked through the house. We came to the kitchen first. The cabinets were filled with old food. The refrigerator was packed with rotted vegetables, cheeses, and even milk with the date of January 2007. This was November 2009. Out of the kitchen, there was the living and dining room. All the rooms were still fully furnished. At the corner of the living room was a staircase going downstairs to the basement. The basement was a small room with a desk and computer in the middle. What was odd was that there were blank VHS tapes stored from the floor to the ceiling of this room. After exploring the basement, we walked down the hallway to the bathroom and bedrooms. The bathroom was the same way as the kitchen, completely stocked with toiletries and left a complete mess. The master bedroom was at the end of the hallway. This is what was nightmare fuel. In the bedroom, there was a large white dresser with drawers pulled open and clothes still inside. Above the dresser was a large mirror that was completely shattered. There was a baseball bat lying on the floor closest to the dresser. The mattress was off of the bed, leaning against the opposite wall with no sheets. It looked as if someone threw the mattress across the room. Under the mattress was a large, dark stain on the carpet. Once we saw this, we screamed like banshees and ran from the house straight back home. We still talk about what we saw that day and what could have happened. Why would someone up and leave their house with food still in cabinets, fully furnished, and clothes still in drawers? What was that stain on the carpet? 
I also realize that we did break and enter this house, but there's bigger issues at stake. What do you think happened? Thank you for reading. Y'all are amazing. And I cannot wait to see y'all in Nashville. Love, McKay. Well, we did. Hopefully we saw you in Nashville. Yes, it was a very fun time in Nashville. Well, this is the shenanigans of the youth. You know, we've all gone down the road. You're not supposed to go down or go in the house that you're not supposed to go in. And that is eerie when you see the bat with the broken mirror with Mm -hmm. this carpet stain. This is 100% something my friends and I would have done growing up. I would have had us all go over to a spooky house. And yes, we would have thrown rocks to get into it. (laughs) It appears as if a crime had been committed and... Either the person driving the truck was the victim or the perpetrator, but whoever was involved, someone may have lost their life and the other person fled the scene. And I think that's why you would leave your house full of a bunch of stuff as if you're trying to get away from something very quickly. And it makes you wonder who is in charge, like owns that house, Mm -hmm. that it's been sitting fully furnished for two years, but wouldn't you think the electricity would get turned off or that the grass would get so overgrown that the city would come out and say it? You know, it's weird to me that the it had burned down. You know, presumably they've the pipes didn't burst all over the place, that they were somebody at least had some type of maintenance going on, that it wasn't completely dilapidated, but not to the point that they noticed kids busting windows out. I yeah. would love a follow-up I mean, of what happened after that, after you bust the windows out. I assume that the electricity and stuff was off. Mm-hmm. Maybe if it was up on a hill and kind of far off from the road, if it was a house that was uh, paid for, or I don't know, if you go into foreclosure, they come and take your shit, right? Yeah, they'll come clean it out. And also, like, even even if it's paid for, you'd have to pay property taxes. You know, somebody's... It's like one of those where it can't... I would imagine it couldn't just stay frozen in time. So that makes you suspicious of, like, well, why do you... Wouldn't the mail pile up? Yeah. Like, wh- who got the mail to stop? Things like that. And leaving it that way in shambles, I wonder who had something to gain from it. And there was no family members that would have... Mm-hmm. possibly seen that or maybe there were and nobody said anything i it's a it's a scene that um you don't want to stumble upon i would like to know what happened next mckay did yes. you call the cops did you tell your parents maybe not because you were afraid you were going to get in trouble yeah did whatever happened to the house that was 2009 now it's 2022 mm-hmm. maybe did they bulldoze it? Someone eventually came and cleaned it out. We got a, We need the address so we can look up the property records and see the transfer of title on the house. That's true. I would probably have called the police and explained the situation because if that's the scene, then uh, there sounds like there's still DNA there. And obviously you would know who owned the house or lived there and could track down maybe a missing person. True. Well, lots to think about. Uh, Definitely a creepy scene to come upon. This next one, also creepy. This is from RJ, and it is called Alien Ancestry. I love my family. I truly do. But some of us have passed more sordid than others. In regards to this story, my father does not know his father. When he would ask his mother, who I call Dee, about his identity, she would simply say, Ain't no need for you to know about him. For my father, this uncertainty was something that always sat in the back of his mind, even when he got sick. At around 15, my father developed what doctors called chronic fatigue syndrome, 
which was completely wrong and a total scapegoat for dumbfounded physicians for all of the following reasons. This condition is meant to be lifelong, but he had no symptoms after a few weeks. More oddly, he developed symptoms such as profuse sweating and discoloration of skin as his formerly more golden complexion shifted to that of a pink hue. Most disturbing of all for him was this anecdote. One day at his aunt's house, my father was still ailing from his condition. He was walking through the home when he reached his cousin's room, which was being painted a sky blue color by his uncle. After tripping, my father caught himself only by placing his hand on the wet blue paint. When he removed his hand, a vividly pink print was left behind. The same thing happened to his blue bed sheets when he would sweat through them. A pink outline of his body would be left behind. These were the most unsettling events he can remember, but his mother, my D, shares so much more in her old age with me now. D knows who fathered my dad, but she always refused to say because it sounded so ludicrous. A few days ago, I was truly shaken when my grandmother said that she remembered being taken up on a craft by gray beings, which she can only remember vaguely. She claimed that in addition to probing her, that they injected her brain and top of her spine with unknown materials before they let her go. Within days of this happening, she discovered that she was pregnant with my father. And over a decade later, she was diagnosed with Arnold Chiari malformation, along with a myriad of other brain conditions. None of these, however, caused delusions, as they are primarily malformations dealing with basic functions of daily life, such as swallowing, breathing, and walking, which she all needs assistance with now. She knows that she sounds crazy, but just because of her, quote, broken head, as she calls it, that does not mean she isn't completely lucid. She is. I would bet my life that she is telling me the truth, especially after I did my laundry the other day and found that my sweat had turned the inside of a collar on one of my favorite blue button downs, bright pink. Thank you, Christy and Heather, for all you do. Maybe we can figure out what's going on. Keep it creepy. Well, what, uh, you know, a 23 and me is not going to give you these results. <laughs> you don't this think nothing like alien D. DNA is going to show up on one of those? Well, my sister has alien blood, which is like RH negative, whatever blood, that there's some conspiracy that when you have this certain type of blood, that it means that you're, I'm sure she's fine with me sharing it. She talks about <laughs> it on social media and things like that, but it's this certain type of blood. And I guess they test you when you're pregnant. Cause if the baby has the opposite yes. of you, it could be an issue you have to get a shot, but mm -hmm. she has this, whatever this, uh, you know, it's a little bit different, but when you look it up on the internet, people are like, if you have this blood type, you are descended from aliens. Oh, okay. I don't think she's what's pink that I've seen. <laughs> I've met is... Shannon many times. I don't, I've never gotten the impression she's an alien. Not at all. She's uh, more normal than the rest of us by a <laughs> I think landslide. She is, yeah. um, and I would be concerned if I touched a blue wall and pink. You've it's left like a, a hyper color. Remember those shirts? Do you yes, remember those? I do. Yeah. Absolutely, I those do. are badass. Real life hyper color. That's uh, incredible. Well, Maybe there's a condition, a genetic condition you can look into that causes your sweat to be pink. Maybe we have a doctor or a, what do you, what, who's an alien? Oh, it's a doctor that studies aliens. Uh, well, a UFO doctor? A U ufologist? A ufologist doctor? Something, an Dr. alienologist. Alien. If you have a PhD in alien medicine, please let us know if this is some kind of 
common ailment or if um, maybe maybe RJ is an alien. Could be, or at least, you know, part, you know, half half alien, half human. I think that... I guess very... he would be a quarter. a quarter. Yes, a quarter. Yeah. So, yeah, if dad is half. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's important that, you know, it sounds like grandma has whatever this uh, brain condition, but understanding that she is still lucid and not mm-hmm. completely discounting everything she says, because uh, that does happen sometimes with when older people mm-hmm. have, you know, so even if it's like early stage dementia or any type of a brain injury or something like that. So taking her seriously and listening to her. She sounds like she's telling the truth, and she's not the only one. You know, you hear story after story like this that someone got sucked up in a spacecraft. So maybe there's people out there who've had the same same run in and can tell you that. Here's how I cure the pink sweat: I wear a lot of navy clothes. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think you would have to wear a lot of pink clothes. True, navy pink's going to show right up. That's true. I, did, I guess I was assuming it it sucked in. Like if you spilled red Kool Aid on a black T shirt, you probably you're not going to see it, right? Oh yeah. I think the darker the color, the more likely you are to see the sweat, unless it's just a blue and pink reaction. Oh, a that's blue, true. A blue and sweat reaction. That's true because it said favorite blue button down and the wall mm-hmm. was blue. Interesting. I navy is one of my favorite colors, so that would suck if I couldn't oh, no. wear that anymore. My, I have so many Navy Because of my alien bloodline, yeah. Well, RJ, it sounds like you might be an alien, buddy. So I maybe embrace it. Go out into the woods. Look up into the skies. See if anybody comes down to greet you and give you some answers. You have a family reunion. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, this next one is from Angel. And the subject line is, That time I was a bad bitch, I thought. I was living in a small town in Kentucky at the end of a dead-end road surrounded by family. I came home from work one evening, and I let my dogs out to do their business. Two very large boxers. About five minutes later, I hear them barking across the field at my brothers. They would not stop barking and wouldn't come when I called for them. So I get in my car and drive over there to see what's going on. My brother's front door was wide open. This was very odd since I knew he was playing golf with my husband and not at home. Zoe was standing in the doorway barking like crazy. I finally got her to come to me and I put her in the car. Cooper would not stop. About that time, some girls started backing out of the doorway with a box full of stuff and a shotgun laying across the top. I stand there dumbfounded. When she sees me, she says, Oh, hi, I'm just helping some of my family move today. I'm still staring dumbfounded. Then, as she starts walking towards me, I start walking towards her. I'm not even thinking at this time. It was pure reaction. We both get up to the fence, which is between us, and she smiles at me. Without thinking, I grab the gun and point it right at her face and say, Bitch, this is my brother's house. She dropped the box and took off running through the yard and jumped the fence on the other side. I take off running down the road after her with the gun still pointed at her. There was a huge gravel truck up ahead waiting on her. She jumps in and they take off. I was shaking all over and very out of breath. I called the cops and they said they would send someone down. I called my brother and they rushed home. To sum it up, the police caught and arrested the couple that night. The gravel truck they were in was stolen that morning. And after they left my brothers empty-handed, they rammed the truck into a local pharmacy to get drugs. After everything calmed down, I get grilled not just by my family, but by the cop too. What were you thinking? I wasn't. I just reacted. You could have been killed. Yes, but I wasn't. 
What were you going to do if you caught her? I don't know. Then I find out it was an air rifle, not even a real gun. So it turns out I wasn't really a bad bitch. I was a dumb one. I hope you liked my brush with true crime. Love you girls, and we'll be seeing you in Tampa. Woohoo! Okay. You still are a bad bitch because you had no idea that was an air rifle. And even if it is an air rifle, to confront someone that's clearly robbing your brother's house is a bad bitch move. That is, uh, that is, I am not a bad bitch, I will admit it any day. My sister is a bad bitch, speaking of, with the alien, but she would have done this. See, there's times she's that got she's that alien like, blood. What, what, do you, what do you think you're doing? And just will, like, step up when the step in needs stepped. And I don't like to call myself a bad bitch. But you should, because you are. <laughs> in this situation, though, because it's family-related, I think I would have done the same thing. Yeah, or at least been like, what the fuck are you doing? Drop that stuff. You're not helping anybody. Yeah. That's my family's house. I A friend of mine's mom, who has since passed away, came home one day, and there were three men cleaning her house out, <gasps> like stealing everything. And she was a grade school teacher, like second, third, fourth grade. And she said she reacted without even thinking that she said she went into teacher voice mode. And she was like, hey. Stop what you're doing. Put my things down. Every single thing you took out of here, you were going to turn around and put it back in. And she said the guys were like, yeah, you're right. And How they old put, were they? They were just random guys that were robbing the house. They did it? They did it. And they listened to her. And she's like, did you learn a lesson here? And they were like, yeah, we're sorry. And I was like, of course, her kid, her adult kids were like, mom, what the fuck? You just went out and went rogue on some like three people that had broken into the house, were lifting the TV out. And she said, it's exactly what Angel said. I don't know. I just reacted. And her first reaction was like, hands on the hips, like, boys, I've caught you doing something. What do we do? We don't take things that aren't ours. We're going to turn around and put those back inside. And they went into grade school student mode where they're like, yes, ma'am. We'll put them back. (laughs) Sorry, ma'am. Did she still call the cops, though? I don't think I. I don't think she called them because they put everything back. God, but still, who's to I say mean, they're not going to go do that to somebody else? They probably well, will. They got a real talking to, so maybe her. <laughs> maybe <turn> not lecture. <laughs> her That's, lecture. What's helped. worse than cops getting a stern talking to by a a nice matronly teacher? <laughs> Like I said, when she got them hands on her, I wonder if she's wearing one of those like cool '90s teacher vests where it's like the it's made out of sweater material and it's oh, like yeah. an apple and a ruler. Man, those God, are great my first grade teacher, Mrs. Smith, not a nice woman, oh, but no. wore those religiously. It I can picture it in my head the, those vests. My fourth grade teacher, Ms. Kralik, she had so many denim skirts that she paired with those oh, yeah. vests. Oh, man. My fourth grade teacher was Mrs. Oh, yesterday I I was just talking about her and I realized I called her Mrs. Holcomb, but that was the wrong. That was another fourth grade teacher. What was my fourth grade teacher's name? I cannot remember. She was one of my favorite teachers, but she had a lot of denim vests and 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 the and the denim skirts, the vest, but then also the big earrings that were like wooden painted. Yes, yes. Yeah. There was this store in Fort Worth that I'm sure everybody had them, but they, that's all they sold was those earrings and big ass bows. Sometimes with those painted wooden things on them, and that was. Like the place you went if you had a birthday party to go to and you had to buy a present for like a girl is you got those big old earrings and it was like such a cool thing if you got these big earrings. It is it's it's on trend. Are they back? 
I don't know. I don't think so. Probably. I watched the whole thing they that was like be. helping millennials not dress like dorks anymore. And well, as someone who just bought a pair of Margaritaville limited edition Crocs, I think you're dressing super cool. I none of I will say the before pictures, none of them in none of them was she wearing limited edition Margaritaville Crocs. She was wearing like riding boots. Who and, was like, this why, person? Somebody on TikTok that does these like outfit updates. Oh, so she critiques other people's outfits? She's like, I'm going to tell you millennials that what you're wearing is not trendy and you look old and here's a way to look better. And it was like any number of uh, outfits I've pinned on my Pinterest page. Sure, I probably have <laughs> all of these in my closet as we speak. Like, I, And then she was like, you got to trade this dress, which is kind of like the dresses I wear, for a bodycon dress. And I was uh, like, I will die first. Uh, yeah, never in a million years. So uh, I'll just keep scrolling on that TikTok. <laughs> but never, at the beginning, never. she's like, if you don't want to wear these outfits, you don't have to. But be nice in the comments. Anyway, you dress like a loser. I was like, hey. Be nice in the comments. How about you be nice to everybody and just let them live their lives? Maybe we're not trying to look cool. Maybe we're just trying to look how we feel comfortable. If if I wore the outfits that this woman suggested, I would look like I was a police officer trying to infiltrate <laughs> high school. Like I would look like, like hello fellow youths. In uh, Never Been Kissed. Yes, I would, look, I would look like Steve Buscemi in 30 Rock. That's like, <laughs> hey, greetings, kids. fellow children. Yeah. I would look like I was cosplaying. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. People I would stick stop me Croc. on the street and be like, ma'am, is everything okay? Are you lost? Do you need us to call someone? <laughs> they would be like, ma'am, did you go to a Zoltar machine and grow into an adult overnight and keep your outfits? <laughs> Are you a time traveler from a time that hasn't existed yet? <laughs> yeah, and the best part was that she was like, you have no idea how great platform shoes are. I was like, I do, because I wore them in high school. Yeah. So I well aware. I am well aware of what those are like, and I never want to go back to that. Yeah. But if, if folks want to wear them, wear them. Rock Go them for out. it, yes. Everyone should spend a time in their life where they wear platform shoes. I'm just like, I'm in Crocs mode. I d- I'm mode. in Crocs mode now. I've, I've, done, I've done my platform time. Now I'm in sport mode Croc. I'm not trying to be taller and hit my head on things. I'm Mm-mm. not that tall, honestly. <laughs> but- I am tall. And something that is interesting is so many people... When we post pictures from our live shows, they're like, I never knew Christy was so tall. Well, I guess it's not something you talk about, how tall you are. I don't think I'm that tall. I'm 5'8". I think in pictures, I, I'm always wearing, like, booties, so I probably look closer to, like, 5'10 or something like that. Yeah, you probably, your heels are probably about two inches. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And most of the time, I wear chucks. I'm 5'4", and I wear chucks, so mm-hmm. I am very, I'm a small So five, I four. look, in comparatively, I look taller because... You're flat-footed, and I'm wearing a little bit of heels. So for real, but yeah, uh, but yeah, I I did see. Told, we've gone a far off field, and mm-hmm. since we're here, I got uh, an alert because of Bo- we went to Boston, and I guess I we followed this Boston page, and it was like just so you know, the Boston Beanstalk Club is meeting, and it's it's a tall person's club, and I was okay. like, okay, women over five ten, and I guess men over six foot something, and you can the Beanstalk Club. I like that name. I guess if you, it could be hard for. I imagine very tall people or perhaps very short people to meet other people like dating wise and stuff. So maybe that's a good way for you to uh, you got the beanstalk and the short stack club and you can. Oh, short stack. And you can I sometimes feel like a short stack whenever I wear my flats. Um, well, you know what? thank We're you. All the sizes we should be and Everybody's we should perfect. all embrace that. We're all perfect. And in, in, we're all perfect in these Crocs. <laughs> 
Well, thank you, Angel. You are a bad bitch. Um, For sure. I appreciate it. This next one is from Blaze, and this one also contains some references to domestic violence, so heads up. The subject line is, my dad always warned me he wasn't Liam Neeson and to not be taken. Hey, y'all. Sending in love from WNC. I oddly have a lot of weird stories, but I also see and hear things that others don't. It only creeps me out when the animals around me react as well. Anywho, this story is about humans, not those trapped behind the veil. So I was living in Atlanta in a very rough part. My apartments constantly had SWAT raids and police would just wait in the parking lot for calls. When my incident had happened, I just kicked my abusive ex out. Woohoo for me. About a week after I kicked him out, someone pretending to be maintenance informed me that maintenance didn't have a copy of my key, so they needed to take mine to make a copy. I didn't know this maintenance man. I knew most of them because I played outside with my dog all the time, but I didn't question it and let him make a copy. For a week, I would come home to things being moved, missing, and my dog acting weird. At the time, I thought I was going crazy for my emotions of kicking out my ex and my job falling apart. Then, a week later, a maintenance man I knew came to tell me they needed to change my lock because they didn't have a copy of my key. I explained to him about someone coming to take my key to make a copy, and he said, That's not how we do it. We just change the lock and give you a new key. I was terrified and understood someone had a key to my apartment that should not. That night, I heard someone try to open my door, but luckily, motherfucker didn't have a copy anymore. Also, a week after that, I was walking from my apartment to the shared laundry rooms to switch over my laundry. As I was walking, a car pulled up beside me and a man started to ask for my number. I politely declined, but he kept asking. Then he said, you're so beautiful. I have to see you again. Get in the car. It's okay. I'm not from here. I told him to stop and that I didn't want to talk. He then proceeded to park his car in the middle of the road and get out. I started running and screaming for help. I wasn't far from the office or where the cops typically sat. The man ran to his car, got in, and drove away. I'll never fully know what would have happened, but all I know was it wasn't going to be good. If y'all read this, groovy. If not, totally understand. Anyway, thanks for being like a friend to me years ago when I was stuck in Atlanta by myself, barely having survived my ex. I felt like I did a lot wrong, but some of the cases you and other female true crime podcasts cover helped me realize I was so close to dying by my ex. I had y'all to help me realize and y'all to help me cope afterwards. Thank you. Well, Blaze, so glad that... You got out of that situation very brave for kicking your abusive ex out. That is terrifying that someone was coming in, obviously coming into the apartment if things were moving. And you know that your dog acting weird because they know somebody was in here earlier that shouldn't have been. Yeah, that's so eerie, such a violation Mm -hmm. and so creepy that and bold to walk up and just be like, I'm maintenance and just putting on a fake. But you hear that that was the the serial killer that was operating in Dallas was infiltrating senior living communities, but Mm -hmm. these apartment communities by wearing a fake maintenance outfit Mm -hmm. that he would wear these kind of, you know, where it looks like a, almost a jumpsuit with just a name tag and a little embroidered patch and would just walk unimpeded throughout these communities because they just sort of looked like they belong. So if you, I think if someone cased a complex long enough and noticed what the maintenance personnel wear and go, okay, they wear like Navy t-shirts and khakis, mm-hmm. then they would know to dress like that. 
And if they know that maybe somebody just got kicked out of an apartment and now there's a solo resident there, they start to target them. Do you think the ex is the one that got the fake maintenance person to get the key or do you think they were unrelated? It might. Well, I don't know if it's unrelated, but if if the person was case in the complex or maybe lived in another part of the mm-hmm. a- apartment building, but they saw Blaze's ex moving stuff out. And like you say, well, you see, OK, two residents used to live here. One resident has moved out, mm-hmm. keeping an eye. OK, well, now I see this resident's living alone. I'm going to go try and, you know, get a key or get, mm-hmm. you know make my way in. I mean, thank God if they, whatever they were moving and doing, they didn't stay in and hide for you to come home and be, you know, ambushed or whatever. That's very eerie and good on the maintenance for changing the, you know, noticing that, making note of it and changing the key or changing the lock because that's very scary. Do you think that the person who stopped when Blaze was on the way to the laundry room was the same person that had been going in the apartment? I wonder if if they were because they had been going in, getting amped up to do whatever they planned on doing and then they get locked out Mm -hmm. so then they're like well we have to i I gotta change tactics and Mm -hmm. just go at it this way it could also be there's a creep there's a lot of creeps out there you know i've been walking home and the guy just stopped in the middle of uh lakeland which is a pretty i mean this three lanes on either side people go pretty fast he just stopped his car i was walking in front of the school and just was like hey are you walking by yourself oh no i said none of us are truly alone are we (laughs) What did he say? He goes, well, just well you, you know, you, you need to walk with somebody. I said, well, my husband's at home, but, oh, well, okay. I was like, what What do you think is going to come from this? That's, I, I don't like, like that. You love. should walk with somebody. That implies that, uh, I don't know. what It's nobody's business to stop a stranger and say something like that. Unless- also, we never walk alone, do we? That's what I said. We're not we're truly, I walk a lonely road, the only road that I've ever known. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the footsteps is when Jesus carried mm-hmm. me. But, and then uh, the, yeah, he I, just drove off? Yeah. Then he was like, oh, well, where are you going? Do you need a ride? And I was like, oh, I'm good. And I just kept walking. And then so I was walking, luckily, the opposite direction that he was driving. He would have had to gone up, make a U-turn. And it's a really busy street. That's How old was there. this person? He was probably in his 30s. Dang. But just no, almost like no self-awareness. Like, why, what are we going to talk about? Also, I look like a wet cat. <laughs> that, like, Well, I don't know, predators, I don't think, care about that stuff a I lot of times. True. Maybe I looked so exhausted, he's like, I can pick her off. She looks like <laughs> she, she can't, can't run. You'd be surprised. I put these Crocs in sport mode. That's true. You're off. I'm get gone. But Well, Blaze, well, I also want to commend you for just hauling ass and screaming. I always say, don't be embarrassed to make a scene. If you feel like you're being threatened... Scream your fucking head off. I remember being taught that as a kid. If you are being taken or something, like just scream and scream and cause the biggest scene ever to draw attention to yourself. So no, good sure. on you. Both of these instances, Blaze, you're very brave. It's hard to for it's sure. hard to break those ties when you're in a relationship like that. And it it is hard to stick up for yourself and be willing to, like you said, make a scene when it, it could save you. So mm-hmm. good on you for doing both of those things. And thank you so much for writing in. And we're glad we could be there for you. Mm-hmm. This final one is from M. And the subject line is a murder and a ghost. Hello, big fan. Been listening since the beginning and love y'all so much. Back in the 90s, when I was a carefree preteen, my uncle was sadly murdered in a national forest. He was shot, and this was during a time of no cell phones, so they had to drive back down the mountains for help. 
They were in the middle of nowhere, and by the time they made it to a phone, it was too late. I was too young to hear all the details, but in hushed tones, I knew it had something to do with the legal activities, and witnesses were too scared to speak up. I've tried my hardest to find out info through Google, but there's nothing, and I am too scared to ask family. So this will always be a mystery to me as to exactly what happened. All I know is that his murder is still considered unsolved and that you may accidentally stumble upon things in a national forest, so I stay out of them. Before his passing, my uncle had lived with my grandparents to help around the house. I would spend every summer with my grandparents and did so the following summer after his death. I slept in my uncle's old room, and my grandma, being a super hardcore Catholic that she was, had religious statues and crosses in the room now. Think the old school creepy Mary and Jesus ones where they look like they're crying. They creeped me out and I only went in that room when I had to sleep. One night, while feeling particularly creeped out, I couldn't sleep. I tossed around in bed. It was cold, which was weird for the hot summer we were having. Suddenly, I heard the front door. It was right next to the bedroom door. I heard it open, close, and the deadbolt lock. The house had a cellar, and you could always hear that echoing sound steps make when someone walks around. I could hear someone start walking around the house and head toward the kitchen. It sounded like they were making a meal. The room became no longer cold, and there was a calming feeling in the house. I don't know why I didn't think to investigate the sounds I heard, but I became less anxious, felt safe, and fell asleep to the sounds in the kitchen. When I woke up the next morning, I could hear my grandparents talking in the kitchen, and I heard my pop-pop ask my grandma if she heard my uncle come home last night. Apparently, he worked late, and his routine was to come home around 2 a.m. and head straight to the kitchen to make a meal before turning in. In that moment, I realized what I had heard was his ghost. That thought didn't scare me, and I just kind of accepted it. But this was the only experience I had while visiting there, and never had anything happen again. My grandparents said they would never leave the house since he was still there, but eventually they had to move due to age. They moved onto a property with another family member and have never lived alone again since. Another strange part of the story that I didn't learn until I was in my 30s is that grass never grew on my uncle's grave, no matter how much work the groundskeeper did to it. Once my grandparents moved, grass finally grew on his grave. A family member told me that if grass doesn't grow on a grave, it means that a person is not at rest. I think grass never grew because my uncle was hanging out with my grandparents and couldn't rest until they were being taken care of again by a family member. I never told anyone what I had heard that night when he came to visit, but learning about the grass made me believe even more that I definitely heard him checking in. Thanks, everyone. I hope y'all enjoyed my story. I have others that I may share sometime, but I wanted to start off with the only one I have that has a warm and fuzzy ending. First off, National Forest, so much bizarre things happen there. They're beautiful. They're also missing. 411 did a whole thing on people that have gone missing in National Forest. We even covered it on a very early episode. So many alien type stuff there. There's a lot that goes on in those forests. It's definitely, I think, nowadays when you can have satellite, maybe a stronger cell phone connection, Mm -hmm. you can be more prepared with batteries and backup batteries and uh, things like that. But man, if you think about it back in the 90s, really, if something did go wrong, absent having a magical satellite phone, which I think were pretty cost prohibitive, it was very much survival. Mm -hmm. You You were up to your own survival instinct. So that is very unfortunate that your uncle was taken you know, so in a, such a violent way and in such a 
a tragic and quick way when mm-hmm. he was feeling that responsibility towards his parents, you imagine that you would, your your energy, your soul would be, oh, well, my job is to come home and take care of mom and dad. Yeah. And if you get, you know, yanked from this realm, you might still want to go back and try to repeat that. So it does sound like once he knew they were cared for, that could let him be more at peace. I never heard that about the grass on the grave. Me neither. Which is interesting. And it sounds as if the parents heard him come home quite often. If the if the dad asked the, his wife, did you hear him come home last night? So I hope that that was comforting in a way that they still felt like his energy was there. And But I'm glad that he could find peace in, in the afterlife after they were taken care of again. Yeah, and if they needed care, you know, that even though they wanted to stay there because they felt close to him, it's kind of better for both parties, right? Mm-hmm. Grandma and grandpa get care, and then the uncle can, you know, finally be at peace and have mm-hmm. that grass grow on the grave. But you're right. I've never heard that before, but that is very fascinating. It is, yeah. Well, thank you very much, M. Thank you so much, and thank you to everyone else that sent in a story. We sincerely appreciate it. If you have an odd but true story, maybe you've encountered Bigfoot, you've seen a UFO, you had a brush with true crime, or you've felt the presence of an otherworldly being, send them in at sinisterhood.com slash Freaky Friday. We love providing Sinisterhood to you at no cost. So if you like what you hear, consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We're a small operation, creating the show for you by researching, writing, recording, and producing it ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you'll also get some sweet perks like ad-free episodes, a Sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those in the Rolling the Airwaves and Getting Into It tier, special shout-out on the show, a monthly bonus mini so In June, it was an update on the Murdoch case in South Carolina. And in July, it will be discussion of Ezra Miller and the current ongoings legality issues. Um, and you also get Patreon-exclusive video and audio content like Crocs unboxing, uncroxing, <laughs> oh, as well, nice. as, well as uh, Off My Chest, Am I the Asshole, Relationship Advice, Judge Christie, Dear Sinister, True Crime Headlines. We're about to have a couple of true crime headlines for y'all. You'll hear in the next few weeks. So, so much more. Yeah, the true crime headlines we're about to do are all big cases right now, too. The child actor from Diary of a Wimpy Kid that uh, killed his mother, and then some recent stuff that happened in the Gabby Petito case as well. You also have the fun perk of access to our Discord server, where you can connect with other fans in real time and discuss the latest in true crime, share personal ghost stories, or just post adorable pictures of your pets. We hop on occasionally, and we host monthly Q&As on Crowdcast, where you can ask us all your burning questions. The one for this month will be the 20th at 8 p.m. Central Time. For our patrons not in the U.S., you have the option to pay in pounds or euros, saving you the cost of the conversion fee. Annual memberships for all tiers are also now available. Those that select this option will be rewarded with a free month of membership. For more details on all of this and specific member tiers, visit SinisterHood.com and click Patreon on the top banner. So many of you have been tagging us in pictures of you sporting your sweet Sinisterhood merch. Keep those pictures coming. And if you want to get some cool Sinisterhood swag like t-shirts, mugs, totes, and even clothes for your kiddos, visit Sinisterhood.com and click shop in the top banner.
The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. You can also share any episode by clicking the three dots in the top right corner and share topic-based playlists from Spotify by visiting SinisterHood.com slash playlists. All of this means so much to us and really helps podcasts like us get more exposure. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SinisterHoodPod and like us on Facebook at SinisterHood. We're also on TikTok and YouTube. Christy, where are you at on the computer? I'm on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace and on TikTok and Twitter at Christy or GTFO. Heather? I'm on Twitter at MCK versus the world, and I'm on TikTok and Instagram at Heather versus the world. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy.